Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sham Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornet Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a Silver Linings edition, first one in quite some time, quite frankly. We have to go back to before the All-Star break to find a Hornets loss, but Charlotte ran into one last night against the Phoenix Suns. 105-91 to was the final score. We'll take you through the tail of the tape, select our Silver Linings players, and we'll talk about Life Without LaMelo, which is going to be the remainder of the season. That was made official yesterday, just before tip-off of the contest. Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with us again. And Rob, we will talk about the uh, sad, although unfortunately not unexpected news for LaMelo Ball. He'll be out the remainder of the season. Uh, that'll come up in earnest later in the game. But really, one of the major storylines for this game, this loss to the Phoenix Suns, was the lack of LaMelo Ball. For Phoenix Suns fans, for the majority of the NBA, the story for Last night was Game 1 for Durant with Phoenix. For Charlotte, for the Hornets, it was Game 1 without LaMelo and redefining what we're looking for in this stretch run. Generally speaking, I thought there were a lot of positives to take away, but it is a 105-91 to loss in the end of a five-game win streak. Yeah, certainly could have used LaMelo. I think you're going to be able to say that for the final 18 or so games here of the season. But, I mean, there were points there last night where I just thought there were a couple of instances where they just needed the three-point shot-making ability from LaMelo. When you take a look at it for the course of the game, I mean, just not good from beyond the arc. 2 of 10 in the first quarter, 2 of 10 in the second quarter, 4 for 20 overall through the first two quarters, and then you go to the final tally of the game, and it was 9 of 23, which is about 27%. And I'm not saying you needed to shoot 50% or anything like that to win the game. Obviously would have helped, but you just needed to be a little bit more consistent and just make a couple because there were a lot of times there, and especially in the first half I felt, where the Hornets do a good job obviously driving to the paint and attacking the paint, but as soon as they got in the painted area, it just seemed like there were three or four Phoenix Suns converging on them and nothing was open in the paint. And the kickout was there, obviously. The three-point shot was there, and Phoenix was basically saying, go ahead, take those shots. We know you aren't going to make them, and we'll get the run out coming the other way. And that's basically what happened because at the end of the day, points in the paint, Hornets only had 38. That is very uncharacteristic of a Steve Clifford coach team. Just not a lot able to do there. And then you still had guys like Mark Williams that were able to pick up 10 points as well. So again, great game planning by Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns. There's a reason why they went to the finals a couple seasons ago. There's a reason why they're the favorites to come out of the West once again. You got to tip your cap where credit is due. But at the end of the day, just still missing LaMelo Ball, even though it's only been one game. Yeah, one of the things that was telling to me was it didn't feel like the Hornets needed to shoot 50%. It felt like, you know, 40, 40, or better than 40, but 45% knocked down a handful more three. They shot 27% from beyond the arc. If you bump that up to closer to 35, which is roughly NBA average, that might have been enough to do it, but ends up not happening. Hornets fall 105 to 91. After the game, Dennis Smith Jr. touched on what happened for the Hornets in game one playing without LaMelo for this latest stretch. Uh, it's just an adjustment. We're missing two of our starters, and they were both guys at average double digits, you know, so figuring out where we're going to pick up that scoring from. And this is our first game without both of them. So it's kind of tough, but we just got to adjust. They're a team that's been in the finals 
in recent years. So, you know, they came out and did what they were supposed to do. But 91 points is just not going to cut it. But we did a good job defensively, though, on the bright side. I would have to agree. I think, yes, 91 points is not going to cut it in the modern NBA. That's that's just not a winning scoring total. But the Hornets did a lot of things positively in terms of defending the Suns. Phoenix just happens to have two of the best shot makers in the NBA. And I say shot makers over shot creators because they don't even need it to be a good shot. They're just that good. Devin Booker had an excellent game, 37 points. Kevin Durant first game with the Suns, 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting. Didn't seem like he, you know, really overexerted himself out there. The Hornets did what they could to make it tough on him. He's just that good. He's one of the best in the game and is a game changer for a reason. So Phoenix comes away with the victory 105 to 91, but all in all, there were certainly some positives to take away from this one. Our silver linings, if you will, and we'll pick them for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets. Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets fell to the Phoenix Suns 105-91, to snapping a five-game win streak. The offense looked very different without LaMelo Ball. Hornets ended up shooting just 36% from the floor, 27% from three. Also didn't shoot very well from the free throw line. There were the special teams areas, if you will, that I thought the Hornets were fine, fast break points you kind of expect the Hornets to be better there just with the tempo that they want to play with but without LaMelo it's hard to sometimes generate that they were even with the Suns in fast break points second chance points Hornets ended up winning 14 to 6 a nice job on the glass particularly by Mark Williams who ended up with 10 rebounds outside of DeAndre Ayton the only player on the floor with double digit rebounds in last night's loss and then points off turnovers that one was a bit of an issue the two teams finished with almost identical totals for turnovers. Charlotte turned it over 14 times, 13 times by the Suns, but Phoenix scored seven more points in those points off turnover categories. Time to select our silver linings players. Rob Longo, you get to go first. So for me, I'm going to go with the rookie that just continues to be consistent, and that's Mark Williams. Into the corner, Gordon Haywood fumbles it, recovers around the Mark Williams screen at the free throw line. Bounce pass. Williams goes up for the right-handed finish. Hornets making a one-point game again. Timeout, Phoenix. Mark with another double-double. I believe it's, what, his third straight? So, I mean, he's just been very, very consistent. 11 points, 10 rebounds. Doesn't look like a lot on paper for a 10 from the field. Also had two assists out there. But, like I said, going back to the first segment, what I talked about, how the paint was just barely accessible for the Hornets, was Mark Williams was able to find a way to score. And he didn't just do it from the painted area as well. He hit a couple of baseline 15-footers. He had some mid-range out there as well. I think he hit an elbow jumper as well. So he's able to score at almost two levels now, which is something that you don't really see a lot of from some of these bigs, especially as they spend a couple more years in college and they're not that hybrid kind of guy. Mark has always kind of been a more traditional center in that sense. But again, Steve Clifford's talked about it several times. Eventually, he would like to add a three-point shot to his regiment. Certainly would be very, very scary if he's able to. But with that double-double that he had, Mark Williams now the first Charlotte rookie with three straight points, rebounds, double-double since Emeka Okafor had 10 in a row from March 28th to April 13th of 2005. Uh, Tip of the cap there to the one and only Sam Perley for researching that one. And 
oh, by the way, Mecca Okafor was Rookie of the Year that season. So I'm not saying Mark Williams is going to be Rookie of the Year. But I don't think he is. It, no, it would be cool. It would be a lot cooler if he was, obviously. But I mean, it just kind of shows the rarefied air he's in as not only a big man that's a rookie, but just in terms of the history of this franchise as well. So Mark Williams is my silver lining pick from last night. I like the pick. You know, you talked about the shooting range, the one, one of the players that he does remind me of right now in terms of where an acceptable shot is for him. DeAndre Ayton. Ayton's got a pretty good mid-range game. He also has a three-point shot a little bit as well. And as you mentioned, that's something that Mark Williams is expected to have incorporated in his game later on down the line, maybe, I don't know, four or five years into his career, kind of where DeAndre Ayton is right now. Ayton has been a foundational piece to a title run or a, a finals run, I should say, for Phoenix. And hopefully Mark Williams is the same later on. One other thing I'd throw in there for Mark, you know, you didn't have the, the high efficiency game, and part of that is going against guys like Ayton and Kevin Durant, for that matter, who have a lot of length and are down there in the post against them. But I think the way that the team played with Mark Williams on the floor versus without Mark Williams was telling. I said it throughout the broadcast last night. Sometimes plus minus is just luck, happenstance. Sometimes it's more telling. I thought last night it was more telling. Mark Williams, when he was on the floor, Charlotte was a minus two. So you're in a one possession game, essentially, in the 28 minutes that he played. Then you look at the 20 minutes he didn't, and Charlotte was a minus 12. And I'm not putting it on any one particular player. I'm just saying it feels like Mark Williams is having that extraordinary impact that is uncommon among rookies. There are other centers in this rookie class and other players in this rookie class who certainly put numbers on the board, but I don't think many of them at this stage at least, are impacting the game quite the same way Mark Williams seems to be right now for the Hornets. All right, before I give you my pick, I want to give a couple tip of the caps, both for a good game and for some statistical accomplishments. One goes to Gordon Hayward. Gordon ends up with 15 points on the night, a couple of rebounds, four assists, and in the process, he becomes the 272nd player in NBA history with 12,000 or more points. It's a pretty big number. I know we just had what, a couple weeks ago, LeBron become the all-time leading scorer. Astronomical numbers from him, but in the history of the game, 75 plus years of NBA basketball, only 272 players have reached 12,000 points. It's a testament to his longevity, his excellence, and I think it's something to be celebrated. So, tip of the cap to Gordon Hayward, and another one goes to Terry Rozier, who had a strong game, ends up with 20 points, second straight night for him with 20 or more. Terry in the process of doing that, had his 233rd game in a Hornets uniform where he scored in double figures. That passes Glenn Rice and puts Terry now in 10th in franchise history for career games with 10 or more points. Clearly, uh, he's probably going to have that just about every night from here on out, but he reaches that, again, a testament to his longevity with this franchise, his consistency, and his excellence. A couple of guys worthy of a cap tip, but not my silver lining selection for this one. I'm going to go instead with Kelly Oubre Jr. Ten seconds left in the third. Jones throws on the brakes, bounce pass to Oubre. Oubre driving, Oubre rising, and ducking on top of Londale. That's a poster. Gotta get framed. Hornets cut it to six. Kelly Oubre played with a lot of energy and was really, really good in the second half, third quarter in particular. Second half as a whole, he scores 22. 13 of them came in the third. I think for the Hornets to have a chance to win, 
someone was going to have to go for 35, 40 points and be super, super efficient. Kelly gave himself a chance. He put a lot of shots up, but unfortunately, a lot of them went wanting particularly early. But still, he finishes with a team-high 26 points, second-highest scoring total in the contest. He was attacking the glass. He ended up with nine total rebounds, pretty low turnover, only one giveaway on the day. And look, he's a scorer. And without LaMelo Ball, you need someone you need several people to try and replace the shot quality that LaMelo generates and the shot-making ability that LaMelo has, and that's not easy. So for this team to win, I think Kelly Oubre Jr. probably had to attempt the number of shots he did. Unfortunately, he didn't make quite enough, but he did give some very exciting plays, including that dunk, that poster play in the second half, and finishes with a team-high 26. So he is my silver lining selection. I thought he was great. It was one of those weird lineups that I thought we didn't really see a whole lot of. I was trying to go back before the game started and see if we've seen that starting five out there on the floor at any point this season play together. I don't think we have. It was Gordon Hayward, JT Thor, Mark Williams, Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier. So we've seen Kelly obviously play at the two before, but JT at the four with that group, I think we haven't really seen a whole lot. So again, just trying to mesh, trying to figure out these playing groups that Steve Clifford talked about prior to the game. So it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. They obviously aren't going to be playing a team like Phoenix the rest of the way out, thank goodness, where they're obviously title contenders. So again, I understand that Orlando is being a better team this year, but again, it's not Phoenix. So we'll see what happens on Friday. We'll see what happens moving forward. But again, great opportunity for some of these guys to figure out what they're made of and what the roster looks like moving forward in the next season. Unfortunately, there will be a lot of opportunities for experimentation and seeing how different playing groups work together. Unfortunately, though, without LaMelo Ball, he has been ruled out the remainder of the season. We will touch on that in our next segment here on the Hornet Timecast brought to you by Senta. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta Charlotte. Some not entirely unexpected, but still unfortunate news yesterday, just before tip-off. The team making it publicly known that LaMelo Ball had undergone successful surgery to address a fracture in his right ankle. Injury obviously happened in that last Hornets win over the Detroit Pistons. Hornets were able to hang on from there, but were not able to keep the services of LaMelo Ball for the stretch run of the season. He will miss the rest of the season. That has become or been made official here. He's been ruled out the rest of the way. And so uh, the Hornets are going to be experimenting a little bit now uh, going down the stretch run. Different lineups, different guys getting opportunities to run the show. A lot of young guys are going to get some chances here in these final few weeks of the season. After the game, Hornets head coach Steve Clifford was talking about life now without LaMelo Ball. The thing about, obviously, when you lose somebody like him, it's not just his scoring, it's his shot creation. So, you know, we have to figure out, like, some of the way we sub tonight will work, but we have to find better ways to sub so we don't have those stretches where we have lineups on the floor where it's going to be hard to score or we're super dependent on one guy or two guys. And, you know, when P.J. comes back, that'll help a lot, too, obviously. But still, I mean, listen, they're a terrific team. And, I mean, we, you know, we gave ourselves a chance. And it's important that we understand once you have a way to play, you got to commit to that. You know, from now till the end of the year, you know, we're not going to be scoring 135 anymore. You know, we're going to have to – now, we can, we'll play a lot better than this offensively. But we're going to have to defend, rebound, be low turnover every night. 
Rob, I love that the mindset is still on finding ways to get wins, not just finding ways to get through contests. They're going to change strategy. Obviously, not having LaMelo changes things over the course of this five-game win streak. The scoring was a lot higher, and that, I think, allowed for some room for air. But when you look at the numbers, it was the defense being in the top 10 in the NBA, basically since the trade deadline, that had accelerated the Hornets, not so much the offensive rating matching up. They were basically middle of the pack, but LaMelo speeds things up so much that their pace of play was so high, they just generate more chances and more points as a byproduct of that. But the defense had improved. Heard a couple of guys talk about the defense last night. I thought, all things considered, it it was pretty solid. Uh, It took Kevin Durant and Devin Booker being Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to push the Suns over 100 points. But if those two guys aren't on that team, I think the Hornets very much have a chance, even with, by their own standards, a substandard offensive performance. So we are now into the life without LaMelo end run here of the season. Can't even say it's an entire stage because he's already missed, even prior to last night, 27 games of the campaign. It's unfortunate, but again, not unexpected news. Yeah, it's just kind of confirming what we already assumed or the reports that we heard, of course. And But it doesn't make it any better, obviously. I mean, it's just, it is what it is at this point. And I was looking back and after yesterday's game, going through some of the game logs from this season, and of course, you know, 91 points yesterday. It's the ninth time this season that the Hornets have been held under the century mark. LaMelo Ball was not available or did not play in eight of those nine games. So again, he is... The guy that runs the offense, I know we talked a lot about that defense because sometimes your defense is your best offense, and we've seen that a couple of times this season. But going back to your point, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing from last night's game was just the caliber of those players that the Hornets are playing against. Of course, Devin Booker going off. Kevin Durant, I swear he did not miss. It says he finished 10 of 15, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc. But, I mean, it just felt like times where whenever he touched a ball and he was going to take a shot, it was going in. He's just so hard to defend and that sort of stuff. But there weren't a lot of times in the game yesterday where I was looking at it and saying, yeah, that's a bad breakdown defensively or this needed to be a little bit different. They were just making good shots. And sometimes you got to tip your cap and give credit where credit is certainly due and I think that was the biggest thing from yesterday. So we'll see what happens tomorrow against an Orlando team that doesn't quite have that kind of firepower. They might have that size because I swear they're trying to start anybody that's about 6'8 and above on that roster. But again, at the end of the day, you got to find ways to score. I know the Hornets had a little bit of struggle there in that sense with just the firepower because again, when you pull a guy like Kelly Oubre into the starting role, you're losing him coming off the bench and providing that spark whenever you break the lineup. And again, you just weren't able to have that. Dennis Majun had eight points off the bench last night and he was your leading scorer among bench players and that's just something that's not going to get it done. It's something that's not going to be able to cut it here moving forward and I'm not saying that someone has to come off the bench and score 20 points or anything like that but you just have to be a little bit more balanced and you're going to have to really kind of slow this game down a little bit and it's one of those things where Again, Dennis Smith Jr. talked about it after game about finding an identity for this team. As bad as it is, LaMelo is a big part of that identity, and it's kind of a no-brainer. It's a great thing that he is. It's a great thing, but when he's hurt, it's a terrible thing because now you don't really know what direction you need to pull in. Right. Well, and to to your point with the bench scoring, it's just hard to figure out where they come from, the bench points, because, you know, Kelly Oubre, he's an exceptional scorer. If he's playing 25, 30 minutes a night, he's probably going to be somewhere around 20 points per game, whether that's as a star or coming off the bench, but when you elevate him to the starter, Dennis Smith Jr., he had an average night for himself scoring the basketball. On the season, he's averaging eight points per game. He had eight points per game. He, he's actually one of the guys I've got circled that I really want to see what things look like in this stretch run because if you roll the tape forward and you say, okay, the Hornets next season, 
much better health. We're knocking, we're knocking, we're knocking. We're going to need a sledgehammer to knock on that wood. Much better health for the Hornets next season. You add a piece, whether it's through the draft or free agency or or both, who knows. But let's just say for the sake of argument, you plan to have Dennis Smith Jr. or want to have Dennis Smith Jr. be your number 2 point guard. Seeing how things run with him out there in place of LaMelo, playing alongside guys like Kelly Oubre, like Terry Rozier, like Gordon Hayward, who likewise could be part of uh, the mix for uh, hopefully a a long playoff run. Seeing how things function is important. I thought there were a lot of really, really good moments for Dennis Smith Jr. Six assists, no turnovers. That's great. Um, But also, he was a minus 11 on the floor. So that's that's not as good when you look at the plus-minus across the board for the team. All in all, I think Dennis had a a solid game. Um, But this is just like we talk about for the young guys. So many of them are going to get more opportunities because there's more minutes available. Dennis Smith Jr. is going to get more opportunities to run the show not just with a score next to him, but probably multiples. He'll be a point guard out there playing with Terry, playing with Gordon, playing with Mark Williams, playing with Kelly, maybe playing with all of those guys at times. And how he organizes things is going to be really telling in terms of what is possible for the future, hopefully a healthier one for the Hornets. And the one thing you can say about Dennis Smith Jr. is you are never going to question his effort out there on the floor. He gives it 120% every time he's out there. And I think you saw a lot of those effort plays last night against Phoenix. He had two blocks and I think DSJ will be the first person to tell you he's not the biggest guy that's out there on the court by any means he swatted Kevin Durant on a chase down yesterday I mean that was crazy Katie's on the baseline he thinks he has an easy shot DSJ comes out of nowhere swats it Mark makes the save on the baseline and the Hornets all of a sudden are going the other way so again you gave his stat line but eight points five rebounds six assists and those two steals or two blocks I should say I mean he just did a little bit of everything last night so again that effort is something that you look for when you got guys coming off the bench because I mean, quite frankly, that was Cody Martin's calling card last season, and it got him a contract here with the Hornets. And unfortunately, again, injury bug has bitten him, and we haven't seen him really this season. But maybe this is an opportunity for Dennis Smith Jr. to prove that towards the end of the last 18 games or so, kind of a similar window that we saw from Cody Martin last year as well, where he was consistently that six-man off the bench in that six-man role, providing that energy, providing that defense. Maybe it's a thing that DSJ can do as well. To me, he's done I mean, it he's all season. Done it, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he's been an exceptional defender. I think the other part of it is offensively. How does he fit in now? Again, playing with more of these veteran guys, more experienced and established scorers. Because if you, again, you roll it, for, roll the tape forward, and you say, okay, this is a playoff team next season. That second unit at times with Dennis Smith Jr. on the floor, and there you could have Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier playing with the number two point guard. So. How everything runs, how efficiently, that does mean something. I thought solid game for Dennis Smith Jr. last night. Um, But again, he's one of many people that will be looked at a, a little bit differently, a little bit closer in some regards in this life without LaMelo phase that we have entered here for the stretch run of the season. Hornets fell to 20 and 44 on the campaign after that 105 to 91 loss. It snaps a five game win streak. Hornets can try and start a new one tomorrow. They'll take on the Orlando Magic and we'll have our game preview podcast for that one for you tomorrow here on the HHC. Plan is to have Travis T-Bone Hancock of 92.7 Sports Radio WFNZ's morning show on with me for that edition. Looking forward to talking to T-Bone and having that game preview for all of you. And if you'd like to join us at the Hive, tickets are still available. Hornets.com for a great Friday night at Spectrum Center. Hornets taking on the Orlando Magic. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here today on the HHC. Pleasure as always. 
And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. We will talk to you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility.